husband, Dave Ramos. Come on, let's put our hands together. Woo! They love you guys. They love you guys. Woo! Did you guys bring some cheerleaders here? Did you, did you hire some people? <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody say, this is church. Amen. Listen, we love to teach practical things in this church. Amen. Talking about dealing with rejection. How many people know we've got to hear this from the house of God? Then dealing with depression. How many people know we've got to hear this from the house of God? And dealing with insecurity. Dealing with unforgiveness. Amen. So I'm believing God that today... Somebody's going to experience the breakthrough that they need in the name of Jesus. We all say together, amen and amen. So start it off. Who is Claudia? Who is Dave? Uh, tell us a little bit about you and your background. Um, hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Claudia Ramos. And this is my husband, David Ramos. Um, I was born and raised in Colombia. Um, I'm a product. Myself and my siblings are a product of... Um, divorced parents, um, we grew, my mom left, my, my parents split up when I, we were about, I think, I'm not even sure, five or seven, um, I remember the last time, I can't remember now, um, and my mom left to come to the U.S., um, obviously to give us a better life, that's my mom right there, and my twin and my cousin, um, and since then, well, that's it. So my product of divorced parents, and then we came here when I was 12 years old, 12 or 13. That's my mom and my twin. Awesome. Incredible. So we're just going to dive right into this. You, know, you went through a very tough beginning. So many, I mean, she shared her story with me over the phone this week, and I was just moved. And we're talking about forgiveness today. Let me just start off by saying forgiveness is, a, is miraculous. I, I'm so fascinated by forgiveness. When you hear the stuff she's been, she's been through and to see the kind of life that she has now and the joy that she has now, it's a miracle. Amen. And I'm praying that somebody in this place is going to release forgiveness today. But Claudia, how did all that stuff begin in your life? Um, so again, my mom left. Um, left us at the care of our grandparents. Um, my grandmother was in her 60s. My grandfather was um, in his early 80s. And every in my my father, once they divorced, moved to his native city. So every vacation, um, every time we were off from school, um, we went to spend time with my father um, and his family, my grandmother and my aunts. Um, I don't recall... How we all started. I mean, when he started, I should say. Um, I recall the first time that it happened. Um, I was in bed, and my father came in and pulled me out of bed and brought me to his bed. And I knew that it wasn't right. It didn't feel right. But I was just a kid, and I was powerless. And so and that's how we began um, every time we went to see him, every vacation, every single time, Christmas, um, it doesn't matter. Every single time we went, um, I was um, sexually abused by my father. 
he had remarried, and um, his wife's brother was doing the same thing. And then when I went back home, my cousin was doing the same thing. So from for over five years, from the time I was just a young girl until I came to this country, um, I was sexually abused time and time again by three, by two people who were supposed to care and love me and by a stranger. Wow. And to just think, when I see Claudia now, how many people really love this couple and how they served in this church, right? Wow. It's amazing that you see people and you just don't know what people have been through, right? And, uh, but it's amazing to see how they serve God now and how they love one another. And by the way, let me just make a note here. Uh, in the last service, you shared that uh, this is your second marriage. And uh, let me just make a note that there's life after divorce. Amen. If you've been divorced here, come on. Yes, come on. Let's give it up. There's, there's life after divorce when I see their love and how they're impacting marriages in this church. But God can heal you and he can change your life. So, Chloe, let's go to the second chapter here. How do you find forgiveness? How do you bounce from that, all that stuff, and find forgiveness? How, how fascinating is that? How did that happen for you? Um, so when you grow up being sexually abused, or I guess any type of abuse, you grow up being angry at everyone around you, um, angry, um, hurt, insecure, and um, like Pastor Sensa just shared, I was married before, and um, I was ver very verbally abusive to my ex-husband. Um, I, I was always a fighter since I was a kid, always fighting. It didn't matter, female or male, I was always fighting. Um, I just, I was angry at the world, and I was angry at myself. Um, and I actually had tried to commit suicide. I swallowed a brand new bottle of pills, um, about 80 of them. I ended up uh, being taken to the emergency room and I recall I was talking to a friend in the emergency room, and then I don't recall anything else. And later on, I was told that I have gone into cardiac arrest. Um, and thank God that God had better plans for me because, you know, I would have left my daughter ch motherless. But God is merciful. And so I now have two beautiful daughters. That, that's when they were little. Um, now they're much older. <laughs> Um, so, yes, and, and so God took my husband and I through a beautiful journey where we moved away, and then I found the Lord, or um, I surrendered myself to God. And uh, let me just say something really quick that I didn't say in the first service. When I tried to commit suicide, I did it because, not because I wanted to end my suffering, but because I felt so worthless. And I felt bad that people around me were paying for that because, like I said, I was angry at everyone. And I didn't want people to see me as this angry person. So I, I basically thought I'll do them a favor. Um, so fast forward, I met the Lord. And in one of my quiet times where I was asking, that's the church where we got saved in Japan. It's called Lifehouse. Um, and in so my you went all the way to Japan and met Jesus in Japan. Yes. Wow. 
How amazing is God, right? <laughs> he will set it up. He will set it up. Wow. God was seeking me when he, when he brought me back to life. When I went into cardiac arrest, I felt like that's it. God, I know that God started seeking me. I mean, way before, but I knew then that I had a purpose. So I got a job at a Christian school. Those were my students there. And that's where I went into another and I met the Lord. Um, and as I started learning about the Lord and praying and really the best way to say is becoming naked in my spirit when I pray and asking the Lord every time to forgive me. Um, I don't recall what happened one time. I was just distraught and asking God, please forgive me, forgive me. And the Lord said, I do, I forgive you, I forgive you. And then I had a moment of realization that I was a hypocrite. Because every single time I asked God to forgive me, I was carrying unforgiveness towards others. And I, at that moment, I forgave my father, my cousin, and this other man. And that's when healing really, really started taking place. When I said, God, I am so sorry. Forgive me for being a hypocrite. Because I call myself a Christian. And I ask you to forgive me. And I can't forgive others. And... I, that's when healing really started taking place. And it's the reason why I can sit here and talk about my story without crying. Claudia, would you pray before you guys get up? Would you just pray that if there's somebody in this place that's wrestling with the spirit of unforgiveness, that this would be the day of breakthrough? In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. First of all, I don't know what you have in your heart. I don't know what you're holding on to. I don't know what wounds you have open. But right now I declare God's peace over your life. And I pray right now that every wound that is open is closed in the name of Jesus. That right now you surrender yourself to the Lord. And ask for forgiveness for holding on to that spirit of unforgiveness that only affects you. For unforgiveness does not affect the person that you're upset at. It only affects you. So, God, I just pray right now that every person here that is holding to any unforgiveness, whoever has open wounds right now, Lord, that you touch them and that they release it, Father, that they bring it to your feet right now and that they just say, God, forgive me and teach me how to be like you, Lord God. Father, we're just wretched. We're just dirty. Yet you always see us past our sin and you forgive us, God. You don't care who we are because you love us. God, we know that you love us and that you love those around us, that those that, that, that have hurt us, God, they're your children and you love them as well. So I pray for forgiveness over every person. Uh, I pray that every person that is holding to unforgiveness, that learns from you, Lord God, to forgive so that they may start living, um, so that they may release all these open wounds. So we love you, God, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate Claudia and Dave. Hallelujah. What a story. What a story. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. For the next 15 to 20 minutes or so, I want to just share some few points here concerning forgiveness. And then we're going to pray together in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's turn our Bibles to the book of Genesis chapter 34. Genesis chapter 34, and we're going to read verse 11 and 12. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I shared from this passage before. How many people remember that message on payback versus grace? Anybody remembers that? It's a text. This text here is a story of a young lady called Dina who just like Claudia got violated by a young man called Shechem. Shechem. So Shechem violates Dina and then for some reason he falls in love with her. So Shechem goes to his father and says, Dad, please, I've done a wrong thing. I've done a bad thing. I want to go to Dina and her father. And the father was Jacob. I want to go over there and go see them and ask for forgiveness. I've done a bad thing. I want to marry that girl. It's amazing that Jacob was willing to forgive this man who had violated his daughter. I don't, I don't know about you other fathers in here, but I, I think that's just about the worst thing that can ever happen as a father is to see your daughter being violated and, and then the willingness to forgive that man. Just think about that for a moment. I'm sure he was so brokenhearted. The Bible says Jacob was willing uh, to forgive. And he gave Shechem her hand in marriage. Jacob gave the man who violated his daughter the permission to marry his daughter. But the brothers were not willing to forgive. They were not willing to forgive. They had a conspiracy. They went to that village and they killed Shechem. They killed Shechem's father. And then they killed all the men in that village. And then they took the wives and kids as slaves. Yeah, that's what unforgiveness will do. And it's so crazy that they killed Shechem. The Bible says they killed Shechem and they took their sister back. Just, just imagine with me for a moment. They, they killed their sister's husband. They broke their father's heart. Broke their sister's heart. Their sister had, had no husband anymore. And you've got to remember in this generation, once a woman was violated, no other man could touch her. So this was the only chance of a husband that Dina had. And these guys, Simeon and Levi, contaminated by the spirit of unforgiveness, they killed and killed. But it's amazing how Jacob was willing to forgive. This is our main idea today. Please write this down. Bitterness contaminates your soul, but forgiveness purifies it. Bitterness contaminates your soul, but forgiveness purifies it. You can see that Jacob was at peace. Why? Because he was able to release forgiveness. He died a happy man in his old age. But these other brothers, they were so contaminated. And that's what the spirit of unforgiveness would do. So contaminated. They killed, they butchered, and they just, they killed. Troubled contaminated and that's what happens the spirit of bitterness and unforgiveness will contaminate you the spirit of forgiveness will purify you how many people want to be pure in this place amen the bible says the pure will see the lord hallelujah when i was in my late 20s i discovered that i was lactose intolerant yeah it all started when I had ice cream one day. I had some ice cream 
And it's, it's as if it just went through me. For those of you that are new to Impact Church, this is normal here, by the way. Your pastor is just real and normal. Come on. Is there anybody else like me with the, yeah? Whoo, I love this church, man. They're, they're clapping their hands. But, but I'd have some ice cream, man. I'd have to run to the bathroom. And anything that had milk would literally contaminate me. Uh, one time, I was on the dance floor dancing with my wife at a wedding. And I just had some, some nice yummy dessert. And I think it had milk inside of it. And I'm there dancing on the dance floor. Oh, my God. Now, thank God they were playing some African music. Because you can, how many people know you can do some moves with African music? I'm like, hey. I mean, my belly. And then I had to tell my wife, I, I got to go. I got to go. When you're contaminated, you'll be interrupted any moment, any time. One day I was driving in the tunnel. Can you believe this? In the tunnel. And I felt that thing, man. When it hits you, you feel like there's a knife inside of your belly. I stopped the car in the tunnel and I just had to hold myself for a moment. Help me, Jesus. And then one time somebody gave me chocolate before I preached here in this church. And I learned, I learned as a new pastor, don't ever eat chocolate when somebody gives you chocolate before service. I came on this stage and I started preaching and I said, ooh, I'm in trouble today. And I was preaching, but listen, that day I decided to just run around and preach. Jesus, hallelujah, hey! Don't you never tell, you can laugh. Some of you are going to get old too quickly, come on. This is funny, come on. This is so funny, I'm laughing myself. What I'm saying to you is once you've been contaminated, I don't care whether you're preaching, I don't care whether you're driving or having a hot date with your wife, once you're contaminated, it will interrupt everything you're doing. And that's the spirit of unforgiveness. It will cripple you. It will interrupt everything you're doing. Whether you're a mother, a father, an employee, a boss, whatever it is that you're doing, the spirit of unforgiveness will contaminate you and interrupt everything that you're doing. I want to give you a few statements here from the Word of God. Let's go to Hebrew chapter 12, verse 15. It says, look after each other. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. By the way, can we learn to do this in church? Can we, can we learn to check up on each other, make sure everybody is right with God? Make sure everybody's walking in forgiveness. It says, watch out that no poisonous root, that's contamination, that's some ugly stuff. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. And this spirit has corrupted many people. And today I declare in the name of Jesus that you're going to be set free in Jesus' name. No longer corrupted in Jesus' name. It has corrupted many people. Please write this statement down. A bitter and contaminated spirit struggles to worship. A bitter and contaminated spirit struggles to worship. The Bible says, Matthew chapter 5, 23 to 24. So if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar, that's worship in the temple. And suddenly remember that someone has something against you. 
It says, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Why? Because God would not receive your worship if you have unforgiveness. <laughs> your worship will not go beyond the ceiling if you have unforgiveness. And let me tell you this. No worship means no breakthrough. If you cannot worship, because worship is the place of breakthrough. No worship means no breakthrough. How many people in this place are looking to God to give you some breakthroughs? Come on, I need some breakthroughs in my life. I need a miracle in my family. I need a miracle in my family. I need a miracle in my career. I need a miracle in everything. How many people want a breakthrough in this place? Well, unforgiveness is blocking your breakthrough because no worship means no breakthrough. No worship means no open heaven. The heavens are shut. And I know people who blame some prophets that prophesied over, over, their, over their life. Somebody told you that in two years, God's going to bless you with this. You're going to have a husband. In two years, you're going to get that home. In two years, you're going to get this. And two years has come and gone, and there's no breakthrough. And you're mad at the prophet. Could it be that it's your unforgiveness that has shut the heavens? Because when the heavens are shut, there's no man that can prophesy over your life and give you breakthrough. Somebody shall open up the heavens. You cannot pay me enough to be angry at you. <laughs> you. Let me say that again. You cannot pay me enough to be angry at you because I want the heavens to stay open. I want the heavens to stay open over my family. I want the heavens to stay open over my finances. I want the heavens to stay open over Impact Church. Some of you have said this. When I come to this church, there's an atmosphere. When I worship at Impact Church, when you just walk to this church, there's an atmosphere. You, you know why we've created that atmosphere? It's because we forgive. And there's an open heaven in this place. You want to learn how to open the heavens? You forgive. Somebody shall forgive. Here's a second one. Please write this down. A bitter and a contaminated spirit does not penetrate the heavens in prayer. A bitter and a contaminated spirit does not penetrate the heavens in prayer. The Bible says, Mark eleven twenty five. But when you're praying, first forgive. But when you're praying, First forgive. I want somebody to shout, first forgive. One more time. It says, when you're praying, first forgive. In other words, if you haven't forgiven, don't even continue praying. Because your prayers are not going to break through. Unforgiveness blocks the heavens. It says, first forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against. So that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Hallelujah. Here's the next one. A bitter and a contaminated spirit hinders revelation and creativity. A bitter and a contaminated spirit hinders revelation and creativity. Matthew chapter 13, 22, the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries, other versions say, the cares of life. The cares of life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke Somebody say choke. Choke the word, making it unfruitful. This is a parable that Jesus gives. He says there was, there was a farmer who was scattering seed. Some seed fell on the path. Some seed fell on the rocky ground. 
And some seed fell on the thorny ground where there was thorns. And Jesus says, the seed that fell on the path did not even grow because people were walking all over it. And birds came and, and took it away. And then the seed that fell on the rocks could not take root. And then there's another seed that fell on the ground, but there were thorns there. This seed germinated, but the thorns came and choked it. Made the word of God unfruitful. And I see this as a pastor. I see people who hear the word of God. And the word of God just never takes root. You can come to a church like this where we are preaching the word of God. Preaching the scriptures. And people are being blessed. And by the way, we hear testimonies upon testimonies of people that are being blessed by this church. And we see this church we're two years and the church is growing. We're in three services. We're preaching the word of God. But you can be at a church like this and feel like you're not receiving anything. The heavens are shut. There's no revelation. Why? Because of unforgiveness. And you know, sometimes I've seen people who are upset. They're mad at the pastor. Whatever you do, turn to your neighbor tell them, whatever you do, don't be mad at the pastor. How can you receive revelation when you're upset with the verse that God is using? Uh, so I've heard many people say, I, ju I just don't get anything. Could it be that you're so, you, you've, you've harbored the spirit of offenses and is shutting revelation. And without revelation, uh, without revelation, there's no creativity. The Bible says, God said, let there be light. That's revelation. That's illumination. And after light came, then God created. Revelation precedes creativity. Revelation precedes creativity. There's no creativity without revelation. And when there's unforgiveness, there's no revelation. And no revelation, there's no creativity. Maybe the reason you're not creative in this season is because you've not forgiven your mother for what she did 20 years ago. I hear people saying, I'm not creative. I just, I don't have ideas. I don't have visions. I don't have dreams. I don't, uh, it's just dry. It's dry. It's dry. It's dry. Well, it's time to forgive in the name of Jesus. Let me tell you this. One of the reasons why unforgiveness will cause you to not be creative is because it takes so much energy to manage offenses. Let me say that again. It takes so much energy to manage offenses. You only have a set of a capacity of energy on a daily basis. How are you using that? If you're using all that, dealing with offenses, that's why you're not creative. Here's the next one. A bitter and a contaminated spirit affects your health. A bitter and a contaminated spirit affects your, he your health. The Bible says, Proverbs 13, 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Hope deferred. The reason most people don't have hope, the, the reason most people are brokenhearted, is because of unforgiveness. The Bible says it makes the heart sick. Can I just be honest? Sometimes Christians are some of the most, the meanest people in the world. Can we just be honest? Sometimes the most unhappy people in the world angry at everything uh, if, if, if that dog my neighbor's dog if that dog just just comes in my lawn one more time I'm, I'm gonna strangle that thing I mean you're angry at the dog you're angry at the cats 
You're angry at the remote control. You're angry at the person driving in front of you. Come on, somebody, talk to me. Angry at everything. I, I know some people, Christians, just angry all the time. That's why I like to be a little funny in church. Is that okay? Be because Christians, some Christians are just not happy. Come on. It's time to be happy in the house of God. It's time to see some believers that are joyful in the house of God. Come on. Let me hear somebody give a good amen in this place. Hallelujah. I want to see Christians that are alive. Amen. I want to see believers, especially those of you who sit right here. I want to see some alive people in the house of God. Come on, somebody. It's time for this generation to see happy Christians. If you have Jesus in your heart, the joy of the Lord has to be inside of you. I know people that are angry at people who don't even know you're angry at them. You're angry at the lady because she got the raise that you wanted. She doesn't even know it. When you sit down during lunchtime, you just you give her the faces, you know. The stank face, the stinking face, you know, just like something stinking in the room. Just it's time to smile. Come on, in the name of Jesus. The gospel is good news. The last time I checked, good news means good news. Hallelujah. Unforgiveness will contaminate your health. I know people who can't go to sleep in the night. Insomnia, because your work, your mind is always processing. Can't go to sleep. Doctors give you medication. The medication can't even function. Hopes deferred. Makes the heart sick. Makes the heart sick. Here's the last one. A bitter and a contaminated spirit affects. Here we go. A bitter and a contaminated spirit blocks God's blessings and destroys legacy. A bitter and a contaminated spirit blocks God's blessings and destroys legacy. Two more scriptures I want to read for you. First Samuel 26. First Samuel 26. I want to set this scripture up. You remember King Saul was chasing and pursuing David, trying to kill him. He was David's enemy. And one day King Saul fell asleep. And here's what happened. His servant Abishai said to David, Today God has delivered your enemy into our hands, into your hands. Now let me pin him to the ground. That's the language of unforgiveness. Let me pin him to the ground with one thrust of the spear. I won't strike him twice. Let, let me do, let me destroy this guy. Let me, let me, let me do this. Let me, it's like mafias talking, right? Let me, let me give this guy an offer he can't refuse. Let me, let me slice his neck. Let me just pin, I won't have to do it twice. Let me, ah, just give me the chance. Let me do this. And here's how David responded. But David said to Abishai, don't destroy him. Who can lay a hand on the Lord's anointed and be guiltless. Now here's what happens. King Saul wakes up from sleeping and David begins to, to speak to this guy and say, listen, I had a chance of killing you. But I gave you a gift. I blessed you. I blessed you. Here's a question. Can you bless your enemies? Let me say this to you. Matter of fact, your forgiveness is not complete until you have the capacity to bless your offender. Your forgiveness is not complete until you have the capacity to bless your offender. Yeah, I'm not talking about just tolerating them. 
broke my heart. He, look at him, he's all married now. Like, look at his wife. She, she got fake hair. She, no, no, no. Real forgiveness, real forgiveness is sin when you have the capacity to bless your offender. You can buy a Christmas gift for your ex-husband. Yes, that boyfriend left you back in high school. Get over it. It's, he's married now. Buy that family a gift. You have the when you have the capacity to bless your offender, then you really have forgiven. You remember Jacob? Those guys, ruthless, his brothers, they sought him. They, they left him for dead. They threw him in a pit. They wanted him to die. Those guys were so cruel. They went back home, lied to their father and told them, Dad, that boy, that boy, he got eaten, something. They knew he was alive and he was in a pit. And they, those men watched their father go into a deep depression, crying and grieving his son that, that he loved. And they saw this man, they saw this old man grieving. They, they, saw, this, they saw this old man grieving and, and, and those ruthless brothers, they watched their father rotting away because of pain. And later on, Joseph says to them, during the time of famine, the Bible says he gets stuff, all this food, and he, he loads it up and he blesses them with stuff. Those guys who sought him and tried to kill him, he blesses them. And he said, listen, listen, don't, don't be worried. Don't, don't be scared. I'm not going to kill you guys. Don't be scared. It's God who did this. God sent me ahead of you so I can prepare to bless you. That's real forgiveness. Can you forgive the people that have hurt you? Can you, can you bless them? Can you bless them? Oh. Can you bless them? The same thing that David did. The same thing Jacob did. He was willing to bless Shechem, who violated his daughter. He said, Shechem, I, 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 should, I, I should strangle you right now, but I forgive you. And you know what? Take my daughter and marry her. Real forgiveness is sin when you have the capacity to bless your offender. And once you do that, you open up the future blessings. Because here's what happened in this scripture. Then Saul said to David, all this happened, the forgiveness, David had to forgive Saul so that Saul can speak these words. He says, may you be blessed, David, my son. You will do great things and surely triumph. So David went on his way and Saul returned home. Hallelujah. Please stand if you can. Please stand. Uh, you know, many times people ask me, Pastor Zenzo, what's the secret? I see God blessing you. I see all the things that God is doing in your life. I believe one of the secrets that we're seeing God do some amazing things in our life is because my wife and I did not break off some church somewhere, run away, cause trouble, fight with some people, break out some people, steal some people, and come start this church. Come on, let me get some, some good amens here from some mature believers. We sought blessing. We waited. It was a process of three years. We waited. We prayed with our leaders, prayed with our bishop, and, and stood with them. Even up to now, I go serve them. I go. I went to Ghana last year, and, and all I did was 
was carry Bibles for my pastor. I just, I took a trip and just carried Bibles and just opened doors and just served the man of God. And I believe because we've released the spirit of reconciliation that God has blessed our church. And there's an open heaven here in Jesus' name. Uh, let me say that again. There's an open heaven here. Impact, we haven't seen anything yet. We haven't seen anything yet. This is just the beginning. Come on, I see a day when God's going to give us our own building. Come on, somebody. I see a day when God's going to do great things. I see God raising up millionaires from this house. Come on, you missed a good place to shout hallelujah. I see God raising up men and women who are going to build hospitals from this house. Preachers that will go to the end of the world from this house. Because we are releasing the ministry of reconciliation from this church. Every eye closed. You cannot leave a place like this. Contaminated. This is your day. This is your time. This is your day. This is your time. Thank you, Jesus. This is your day. This is your time. If you're in this place and you need to release forgiveness, I'm going to count one, two, three. And I want you to just throw your hands up. Do, do, not, do, not let the, do not let the enemy rob you of your victory today. I told you the story of how, how when, I, when I drink milk, everything stops. Everything stops. That, that's, your, that's your life right now. If you're living in unforgiveness, everything has been shut down. Today you're coming alive in the name of Jesus. Here we go. One, two, three. Hands, hands. If you need to release somebody, if you need forgiveness, if you need to forgive somebody, come on, don't be shy. Hands, 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 hands. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. And I hear the Holy Spirit. This is going to be a different service here. If you raise your hand up, I'm going to ask you to take another step. I want you to run to the altar. Come on, one, two, three. I want you to run to the altar. Run to the altar. Thank you, Jesus. This is your day of freedom in the name of Jesus. This is your day of freedom. Come on. And the heavens are opening over you in the name of Jesus. The heavens are going to open in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 